0: Side access with Chase and on Fora and Ken Wyman. Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed, and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 1057, 1057, the fan. Our next guest. Won 320 games as head coach at UMBC. He was an All-American at the University of Baltimore. He was the National Coach of the Year at Essex Community College in 1984 and 1989. And the National Coach of the Year uh, in 2014 at UMBC where they went to the College Cup, losing to Virginia in the semifinals. It's Pete Karingi who joins us courtesy of the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline. And, And Coach, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. I got to start with this. How did you come to the decision that, that this year was going to be the last year?
1: Um, it was a very tough decision. Uh, you know, at the end of last year, I obviously, I uh, was a little emotional. I, I was hoping to make it to the finals of our conference. We didn't. I talked to some players about it. Um, and it just really it was just something that was uh, in the back of my mind. And during the break, it took a little break and went down to see the grandchildren and all that. And, kind of, this is something I've been doing my whole life, and uh, right from high school, Calvert Hall, the University of Baltimore, got right into coaching. So uh, it wasn't an easy decision, but it just. Then I seen the our players, their grades were the best we've ever had. We had close to a three point five, which wow. is was the was great. The APR was a thousand, which is perfect graduation rate, and no one went on the portal, which was a great sign. Um, because nowadays, you know, they, people go on the portal left and right. So I, I thought all good signs, the whole team's coming back, and really what a better way to turn it over to uh, a coaching staff that's been with me for a long time and have them uh, have immediate success. So so that was the reason I did it, and it was very difficult. Um, still, I still uh, don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to stay involved with soccer for sure, um, but – that decision was, was real tough for me, for sure.
0: Well, Pete, I'm sure one of the highlights of your career going back to 2014, taking the team to the Final Four. NCAA record four road victories by shutout in tournament play. Just your uh, your memories of that team, and also when did you realize that they could have gone on a run?
1: Actually, uh, I thought we could have. I thought before the season we were going to be really good. We had a whole nucleus of kids that played here in Baltimore together, had a lot of success at the national level. I was very familiar with them. They've now grown with us due to, you know, some of them were transferred in, came back to Baltimore to play. Um, and so when we met during the offseason, um, we talked about going to winning the national championship. It's something that they all have done is in the club system here in Baltimore. So um, the goal was to do that, and I, I know a lot of people – talking about it now people said that was impossible and and, and you know obviously you UNBC know, had no history of getting to the final four um, in soccer so it was something that we talked a lot about other people didn't realize it until once we got there it was kind of a goal for us and looking back on it now we had we should have should have could have won the won the game and won yes. the tournament
2: how, like, does it stick in your crawl? You know what I mean? Like, how do you ever really get over that one? Because, I, I mean, we're watching the match at Colada. You guys are bossing the match for the most part, I thought. Um, I guess, do you ever still wake up at night and, and, and have a vision or two about playing for the national <laughs> yeah. championship?
1: I mean, you never you never get over it. You always, you know, anytime it goes back to to that game, people talk about the game. I To be honest with you, I've never watched it.
0: Oh, wow.
1: um, you know, because I just can't watch what I already—I was there watching um, live. And, and clearly, I thought we were a better team and played really well. We made a mistake early on, which was very unlike us, and then had to chase the game and really put pressure on them. And, you know, I, I think the consensus of a lot of people that are coaches is how well we played. And as as proud as I was and am and of that group, um, I look back on it. It's just one of those games that, um, it's tough to even uh, go back to because we should have won and we could have won the whole thing for sure.
2: Well, I wanted to have you on in part just to thank you, brother. Um, th- what you've meant to the soccer community here, it doesn't seem that long ago that me and my cousin Todd are sitting on the front steps at Elwood Avenue waiting for you to pick yeah. us up and take us to friend's soccer camp, huh? <laughs> so Listening yeah, to Chicago. Yeah. I remember it fondly, man. The- it might have been an 8-track. Was it an A track Yeah, there you go. It's, it's, I still got it. now, Except I don't have 8-tracks anymore. <laughs> But to to see this you know to see this thing grow here the 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 way it has and you know a pipeline of players and you know the game growing at the grassroots level and i hope we get a usl team or something like that here but just sort of as as you know your thoughts on baltimore as a soccer town coach and how it's grown throughout you know your your lifetime spent in it here
1: well it's 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 a tremendous soccer town and you know i grew up in in the heart of it holland town. that's where um, back in when we all grown up as kids, it yeah. was it was uh you know, you go down the school lot or Patterson Park and uh half the kids that played down there went and played professionally or, or had chances to play on the national team. So it was just uh it was an unbelievable experience growing up and during that time frame. And then we all grew up as young players playing at the club level and St. Elizabeth won the national championship, which was unheard of at the yeah. time. And if you go back to even the Pompeii teams uh, with Larry Sorok and them, the guys who made it to the... There's a long history there of of players, so we kind of grew up watching the older players, and, and we didn't have what they have today as being overcoached, and <laughs> we went out and played. We played as much as possible and, and uh, developed basically on our own. And then I know a name that, that's brought up when it's a radio show. I've been hearing people have been calling me, like, a guy like Sonny Askew yes. you still <laughs> play every day and... And the uh, next thing you know, guys are playing at the next level, playing on the national team. And that kind of we, – we have a great deal of pride in the Baltimore soccer community because we've always had some of the best players um, and sometimes got overlooked for the political part. Mm. And I, I look I look at it now and teams are still winning national championships. I think there's no city or state that's won more national championships than ours. And that says a lot because it's played all over the country and it's played at a high level. But it's probably the worst kept secret because you know it, it's the people outside of the soccer community don't know it. So a lot of people just think that, um it's here, but it's so good and so talented. Um, and one of the one of the things that I'm trying to work on now is to get some of the national people to come back, national team coaches, to come back and look at the state of Maryland mm-hmm. because we're overlooked. And when we did have players, when Santino Caranta played or Sonny – they all did well, not only did they do well, but the teams did well uh and and we're kind of overlooked because it's, it just seems like it's very political um I know you, you know me, and right. we get each other to coach and and that's just that's been wrong so um for all the success we've had and all the pride that we have in it um we do get overlooked from the national side of it. Um, except they wouldn't want to play it, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> I also wanted to, to get some of your recollections of, you know, there was a, a time in this country between the demise of the NASL and the rise of MLS where we had no competitive top-flight league, uh, you know, on international standards, and we'd go watch the Maryland Bays, and, you know, I mean, an outdoor, that was about as good as it got, and then you'd see guys like Jeff Agus who played in those games go on, you know, from that league to play for the national team. But, but how important do you think that era was, keeping sort of the flame alive, before we got a World Cup back and got that MLS. Huge,
1: that was a huge era. And I was fortunate to coach in 1990 for the Maryland Bays. Yeah. when we won the whole thing. We we played San Francisco in the finals and beat them. Then we had to fly three days later to Vancouver and play them for the international, U.S. versus Canada. So um, it, it was a great league in the sense of the players because I think all the players at that point realized that the MLS was, they, they kept talking about the MLS coming um, in the next couple of years. And a lot of the coaches that were there, the, the coach in that league went, were the first coaches in the MLS. Um, I was told that the Bays won't come back if we won the championship. Yeah. They'll come back one more year. So that's exactly the year I took the UMBC job um, or else I could have probably sat around and waited and see what, what could have happened there. But uh, I made the right move. Uh, um, obviously and but it was really important during that time to keep those players playing to keep the level high Um, all the players that played on the U.S. national team were playing most of them were playing out in San Francisco the team we beat yeah once again that we played against the national team um, and 90 percent of our team is from Maryland or the Baltimore Baltimore region so the local guys won the whole thing, and the team we play gets picked for the
2: national team. So that's was, just the politics of it. Was Winaldo on that that San Francisco team, Coach? Yes, he was. So yes, Eric Ronaldo was. was on that team. Eric Ronaldo would become, yeah. for decades, Balboa. the U.S. all-time leading sure. scorer for the national team.
1: Yeah, Marcelo Balboa, Eric Ronaldo. you know, all, all the guys that played in uh, – yeah, you know, we had we had the local guys and, and they were they were really good. Some of the some of the best in the country for sure.
0: Coach, before I let you go, my friend Jamie Costello from Channel Two wanted me to ask you about the face, Bobo, the wheel, eels, and big Tom.
1: <laughs> well that's that's uh, that's the original Pompeii team. And uh, when we were kids we grew up down the school lot, we all go over there, we watch them play, we play against them and uh, get thrown around a little bit, and they would teach us the, the tricks. And then, obviously, everybody down there had a nickname, and uh, <laughs> so that's that's a lot of nicknames there. And then our group all grew up and had a tremendous amount of success and watched the other group, uh, the group after us, come up. And now it's, uh, it's, it's not the same from that perspective of just going down to the lot and being around the older players. Now it's all, as you know, organized, yeah. and uh, you have to go <laughs> – be overcoached and et cetera, et cetera. But that's a whole nother topic that obviously uh we could talk about another time. But well, I really will. appreciate you guys no. putting me on. Of um, course. Yes, because I do remember Jason coming to the camp, and we had him as one of the top prospects coming out of that camp. <laughs>
0: and, I don't then, know and then that. what happened? I don't know about that. Well, I've no, heard, he, Coach. Coach, quickly though, I've heard that from multiple people. That's not true. That Jason Lockenfourer was a hell of a soccer I don't player. Know, I would not what, say that. What he happened?
1: Was, he was. He, he he's very modest about it. He was. He was one of the top prospects. But then he wanted to go into media, and <laughs> and he he made a wise decision.
2: I did. For sure. <laughs> that I did. Coach, coach Pete We'll do this again yeah. now that you got some time on your hands because I, I want to talk oh, to you about I, this he, this Reina versus Bearhalter thing at some point too. Anytime, anytime. I, hey, I'm not doing anything right now. Anytime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Coach, thank you so much for Thanks, your time. Uh, enjoy retirement. I, we'll you. talk soon.
1: Thank you, guys.